You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Holly Randall Unfiltered is brought to you by Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve is the online superstore for everything sexy in your life. And with the holidays fast approaching, it's the best place to go get something for your special someone. Whether or not you're looking to buy lingerie, movies, sex toys, lubes, you name it, Adam and Eve has got it. And with my code HOLLY, you will be getting a very special offer. They will give you 10 free gifts. Something for her, something for him, and something you will both enjoy. Six movies and free shipping with the code HOLLY at checkout. So get your Christmas shopping started early and visit adamneve.com and use code HOLLY. Adam and Eve, where there is something sexy for everybody. Today on the show, I have Emily Bloom. Emily is a nude model who I've actually shot many times. You could almost kind of call her my muse. She's an incredible mover and she's insanely beautiful with an incredible all natural body. She's from the Ukraine. So she's just one of those flawless European girls, but she's also really bright and she is a very popular cam girl. So she's got a lot of really interesting information on the camming business, which is something I don't know too much about, but I'm always super curious about because camming is just one of those examples of the new platforms that have arisen that have given models so much independence and have kind of changed the way that the adult industry works. She's also created her own nude magazine, which is super cool. Another thing that, you know, these new platforms like Patreon enable people to do. You can like crowdfund your own mini projects, which is super cool. So I'm very excited to have her on. Let's welcome the beautiful Emily Bloom. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I am absolutely thrilled to have the beautiful Emily Bloom on. And I'm also really excited because she just told me it's the first podcast she's ever done. Yay. We're popping her cherry. Isn't that exciting? So exciting. Oh my gosh. So how are you? I'm good. You are a little tired, aren't you? I am, yes. Last night was the AVN nominations party. Yes. And, you know, as a co host for the AVN 2020, I had some responsibilities. Yeah, so. that's so cool. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's really exciting and I can't wait for the AVN award show. Yeah. I, um, I couldn't go last night because I was shooting, but, um, I actually woke up this morning and I was really excited to see that I, my movie Sexual Fidelity was nominated for Best Romance for, with, for Wicked Pictures. It's only like my second movie that I've ever shot for them. So Congrats. I was excited about that. Thank you. But the one that I was super excited about was I was nominated for Best Web Director for the stuff I've been shooting for Twisties, which is great. I've never had a director nomination before ever. Well, I mean, you know, your work speaks for itself. So thank you. Sure you, you deserve it. <laughs> I, I actually like I'm excited about that one because I feel like that's one that I have a shot at actually winning. 
um, because the stuff I've been doing for Twisties is so amazing. And it's not the category, like the big feature movie category right. where I'd be up against like Caden Cross and like Brie Mills and like there's no fucking way I'm going to beat them. <laughs> there, there's just no way. Their, their stuff is way too epic. So I was kind of happy to be like, okay, like, I mean, everybody in my category is also amazing, but I feel like I kind of hold my own a little bit with all of them. So I'm like, I have a shot here. Whereas a lot of times when I get nominated for stuff, I'm like, they're just throwing me a bone. Like, there's no fucking way. Like, I know it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like you always kind of have a feeling of like whether you have a chance or not when you get nominated. And it's not me being – you know, like, oh, I'm not good enough. It's me, like, recognizing when other people are putting out a better product. You know, I'm just being, like, completely fucking honest. Like, their stuff is is a lot better, and they deserve to win, and that's fine. Well, I think you deserve to win this year, and I'm going to keep my fingers crossed. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. I'm excited. But um, so you're hosting. That's a huge honor and a yeah. big responsibility. Are you nervous? Um, a little bit. I mean, you know, I have a lot of stage experience, so I feel like that is of kind of keeping me, like, calmer. Of but, uh, of course, it's always exciting and thrilling, and, like, I am nervous because I want to do my best, and I want to, you know, justify the trust that was put in me mm-hmm. and just um, make it a really great show, and I'll try. I'll do my best. <laughs> so how did you find out, and were you completely floored, or did you have an indication that they might ask you? Okay, so it's an interesting story because um, last year was the first time I actually went to the Avian Awards. I've always watched them, mm-hmm. like streams and Showtime and whatnot, mm-hmm. but I've never went because I was always so nervous. It just always seemed so big and grand and mm-hmm. massive. And, yeah. You know, as a cam girl, I'm sure a lot of people, you know, a lot of cam girls would relate to that. We're great and uh, outgoing on cam. Yeah. But then when it comes to like… One-on-one in your bedroom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when it comes to in-person situations, we're just kind of like… Yeah. <laughs> you know, so… Finally, last year, I got my courage up and I went and um, I loved it. And I mean, see, I, I always loved award shows. Like, it's a tradition. I watch Oscars every year. I watch Emmys. I watch Go- Golden Globes. It's, I don't know. I even host my own award show on Kim, mm. which actually is something that played a role in this. And um, so I went and I met the AVN people. Bailey Rain actually mm-hmm. introduced me to um, people who work for AVN, which also you know led to this so thank you Bailey (laughs) and um after that I got the cam star issue so Mm -hmm. I got to work with them and shoot some content which was great absolutely loved working with them so for those of you who don't know cam star is the like supplemental like cam magazine to AVN yes so it's like an additional publication that they do like specifically on the cam world yes and each year that I mean each month they have a cam girl that like is a cover and has an interview and right. a bunch of looks. So I did that, which was great. And then they asked me back to a couple months later to be a campaign girl for the AVN 2020, which I thought was amazing. And I was the only cam girl there. So I felt very intimidated. Yeah. It was like a porn Disneyland because <laughs> I walked in and I was just like, oh, I know you. I know you. I know you. But <laughs> So that's when they do like the group photos yeah. of a bunch of the top perf- yeah. Excuse me, performers and yeah, they all use the, it for promotion the promotional videos stuff. and pictures you see right. of all those um, huge posters yeah. that'll be like on the walls of the exactly. Hard Rock and yeah. So I did that, and then uh, Beth, uh, my friend who works at AVN, she um, messaged me, and she was like, hey, we want to get you on another project. Would you come into the office, <laughs> uh, like, on Saturday, whatever? And I was like, okay. 
And I had no clue, honestly. I like in, in my wildest fantasies, I did not think that they were gonna ask me to host. I was just like, oh, they want to shoot something else, you know? Yeah, sure. You know, I love modeling. So um, I came in and she like brought me to Tony's office and there's like a bunch of people there, including Gary, who's the show producer. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> they asked me about my award show that I'm hosting on CAM, the Bloom Awards. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently when they were doing the CAM star issue and my interview, the guy who was interviewing me, Dan, he looked into my stuff and he saw the award show. Mm-hmm. And then he sent that to Gary and then Gary saw that and he was like, oh, so she has experience hosting. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so basically that landed me the hosting job. Wow. Yeah. And they asked me and I freaked out because I was like, "You what? No. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but obviously I said yes. Yes. Um, and then we shot with Nikki. Nikki's amazing. I love her. And then, and then we had that party yesterday. So… Wow. Here we are. Yeah, I was going to ask you. So your co-host is Nikki Benz, yes. who's like a legend um, she is. <laughs> in the industry. And you you guys clicked. Yeah. Well, first of all, turns out we're both Ukrainian. Of which, course. <laughs> of course. I didn't think about that. Which is wild because she was also born in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was already something to bond over. And then we also both love sushi. So we have well, the same I mean, favorite. This is LA. We have this the same favorite restaurant. <laughs> So we literally just uh, – when we found out that we both were hosting, mm-hmm. we met up for lunch um, at our favorite sushi restaurant. And uh, we just had lunch for like an hour and talked. And we really clicked. Like I really like her. She's very down to earth even though she's, you know, a mm-hmm. legend and very nice. And I kind of look up to her in a way because I, you know, have a lot less experience in the industry and um, know a lot less people, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, like, I kind of always refer to her to be like, hey, what should I, you know, what should I wear? What should I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> who should I talk to? That type of thing. Um, I hope it's not annoying to her, but. <laughs> I, I don't think so. I think she kind of likes that, like, mentoring people. I remember when Abella Danger first got into the industry, she was, like, obsessed with Nikki. And was just, like, looked up to her so much. And now Abella is, like, her own, like, star yeah. in her own right. So it's it's kind of, it's really cute. Um, so tell me a little bit about the Bloom Awards because I'm curious as to like what kind of award show that you could be hosting on CAM. Okay. So, um, I was, it was about two years ago. I was thinking uh, about a way to like show gratitude to my members Mm -hmm. because, you know, obviously as a CAM girl, we rely heavily on tips of people, of our Mm -hmm. members. And so if, if people don't want to tip and don't want to watch, then you fail. Right, right. (laughs) Pretty much. It's very much about like… I know that a lot of people think camming is very much about, you know, sexuality and sex and masturbating and or having sex or whatever. But I was going to say it's mostly about connection. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, even if you look at the top girls, there's such a variety of acts. Like mm-hmm. some people don't even get naked mm-hmm. on cam at all. Like, Wow, all. really? Yeah. Uh, for example, Kikas, she's been the top of the world for like seven years straight and she's a non-nude model. Like, she does body art, but she doesn't, like, ever do anything sexual explicit. So what does she do? She paints. She talks. She makes connections with people. So she just talks she's to people. Just, uh, yeah, she's just wow. fun, and she has a great personality, and, you know, she's pretty. Everybody yeah. wants to talk to a pretty girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then we have Rock and Rose who puts on amazing aerial shows with, like, crazy sets and decorations and costumes. I don't even… I can't even imagine how much effort and money and time has to go into putting one of those shows on. And she does those every week. You know, it's crazy. I'm so not like party to the cam world. Like I don't ever watch people on cam. I never go on one of their sites. (laughs) But I feel like I should. Like I didn't actually realize that people put on like 
shows like that. Like, I oh, knew no, people no, no, did yeah. things like – I know, like, what Bailey does, you know? Like, I know that, like, she has, like, right. a spin the – thing and then whatever it land like wheel of fortune whatever it lands on she either like sticks something up her butt or takes a shot of vodka which is usually water but don't tell her members that um <laughs> <laughs> i mean objectively members have to understand that you know drinks have to be diluted because yeah i mean come on that's you, so you, you don't want to kill your liver alcohol poisoning. <laughs> I, I mean know. jesus but um yeah the thing with scamming is that it's so independent that it's it really is a great platform for creativity because everybody just kind of goes with whatever they want to go with and mm-hmm. then they find their own audience like mm-hmm. um you know there are cam girls that definitely 100% do very sexual and very explicit shows and right. they're successful in their own right and they have their own audience uh, but there are also people that dance paint sing uh do like crazy pole tricks um aerial shows hooping like you know it's just like there's everything. It's it's a whole world. <laughs> so how do people get paid for stuff like that? Because I know that like generally you are non-nude in like the public chat room, right? And the idea – there's different ways to make money, right? Is the idea to always pull people into shows or to get people to tip you or like – Okay. So it depends on the website. Okay. There are private-based websites. There are public-based websites. So it okay. depends on the website. I can't really speak for the whole camming industry, but from the MFC perspective, from my free cams – um, most of the top performers are actually do, doing public shows. Okay. So they're just uh, nude or whatever in public chat and they make money from tips. Okay. There are also options to have a private show which charges per minute, a group show which is same as private except there's more than one person. Right. And then now there's also an option to have a club show which is basically a ticket show. So people pay an entrance fee and then they're good for however long the show is. So a lot of people are doing that now too. Okay. How is that different than a private or a group show? Group show is per minute. So every minute you get charged. I see. And so uh, this other one would be like however long it's going to be. Yeah. So like like it could be 10 minutes. It could be 10 hours. And it's one flat fee. Shouldn't be 10 hours. Yeah. But yeah. Gotcha. 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 (laughs) Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I've actually always been super curious about it. I've had people tell me that I should like do my podcast on cam, but I've just never looked into it. There's no like – Again, uh, unlike Twitch, like, you know, Twitch, for example, yeah. is also live streaming, but they have a lot of rigid rules as to what you can and cannot do. Yeah. Uh, camming is pretty much Twitch, except it's Wild West. Yeah, 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 <laughs> there's, yeah. There's no rules. You can, I mean, there are rules, but they're very, like, extreme, you know. Like, right. You, you wouldn't do those things anyway. So. Right, right. Just don't do illegal things. Right, yeah. yeah. Got you. So it's it's a really great platform because it gives you the freedom to do whatever the heck you want. And also now uh, MFC has a whole separate platform that's kind of integrated. It's MFC Share, which mm-hmm. is what a lot of models are using now to sell videos and photos and do clubs and have mm-hmm. like uh, goals in terms of money. Like you can tip into the goal. And so it's just a pretty much – you can build your own empire there now. Like you can have your own page with all your content. You can have your live streams. You can – uh, have your little clubs like for example I have a snake as a pet yes, and she I has know. her own club and I post pictures with my snake of my snake even rather mm-hmm. <laughs> into that club and you would be surprised she's very popular yeah. she has a lot of fans <laughs> I bet that's so cool wow I yeah it's something I definitely want to look into more because it's something that I don't you know it's like the porn world and the cam world so separate and it has been for so long but Camming has become such an incredibly powerful force. And I mean, you can just see now with the fact that AVN is now always hosted by a cam girl and a porn girl, like 
the big porn award shows had to recognize the amount of influence and the amount of power that that the cam sites and the cam girls have. Cam girls get a big platform for sure because yeah. it be- it becomes more and more popular and more and more, I guess, accepted. Not like you know, for, there was a movie Cam on Netflix mm-hmm. written by Issa Mazzei, who's also a cam girl, by the way. Mm-hmm. And uh, now, like BuzzFeed and all the other mainstream outlets, always talk about camming and cam girls and like online streaming. Mm-hmm. So you see more and more of it. So more more and more people find out about it. So it becomes more and more popular, which. Obviously, leads to a bit of an oversaturation on the model side as well because yeah. more and more people get into it. But I still feel like it's a like obviously not everybody's going to be a millionaire doing right. camming, but that's the same in every career. Yeah, but it's still a great way to take control of your work or of your career and make money. For example, uh, when I started my career, I started first modeling for MetArt before I started camming, mm-hmm. and. Uh, the modeling path gives you a lot less control creatively and oh my intellectually and in, in every possible way yeah. than camming. So while I don't really regret modeling because I love it and it definitely gave me uh, my platform and my following and all of that stuff, I, I also feel like camming actually would have been a better way to start, mm-hmm. you know? Because you would have I, started with more agency. Over- exactly. I would I would just be smarter about it, I guess, because yeah. I would have my own decisions i would make my own decisions pretty much right right so um so you started off modeling Mm -hmm. and how like how did you start modeling did you start doing like okay sorry tell me about (laughs) how you got into nude modeling like where did that all start um so i was in my undergrad uh, in my college and um i had to pay my tuition and I was working, I was studying days and working nights and it was a little bit hard on me because I would end up sleeping about two hours a day. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to find some kind of a gig where it would not take as much time as like regular job, but mm-hmm. also like pay mm-hmm. good. Um, and I saw a casting for a nude shoot for Danny Olivier, actually, who is a very wonderful French photographer who does very artistic like projections, nudes, and you know, it's, it's just really beautiful. And he does books and exhibitions. So I was like, oh, this is, you know, art. I'm going to go do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to the casting and um, I was so nervous. I only had to get topless at the casting. And I was like, sh- I remember I was like freaking out. And um, he must have shit his pants when he saw you. <laughs> I mean, like, you are so universally recognized as being this incredibly flawless human being. Well, and you, you have this <laughs> tiny frame and these amazing boobs on it. I mean, like, if I was, I would have shit my pants. <laughs> I would have literally shit my pants. Well, I, he did not. I don't think so. I, you know, How do but, you know? Um, <laughs> I didn't smell anything. <laughs> but I definitely almost did because yeah. I was terrified. And, um, it was fine. He was very nice and very comforting, but I was still scared. And I didn't really speak English and he didn't really speak Russian or Ukrainian or, mm-hmm. you know, anything of the sort. So it was kind of a very nonverbal communication of mm-hmm. like, here, go there, <laughs> turn mm-hmm. this way, you know. Yeah. Um, it was about five minutes. Then I was out of there. And then a couple hours later, I got a message that I passed the casting and he wants to shoot with me. And then a couple of weeks down the road, we shot for about an hour and I got paid 100 euros. <gasps> and I have not held that much money in my hands at that point <laughs> yeah. ever because again I'm from Ukraine and that's how much people make it a month mm-hmm. you know so I was just like holy yeah. <laughs> you know and um, I shot with him a couple more times after that but obviously be- because it's like an art project and because it's just 
you know, for like books and exhibitions, it's not, it's, it would not be like a regular job. It would mm-hmm. not be like a regular income. Yeah. However, I got a taste mm-hmm. <laughs> for nude modeling. So I started looking specifically for nude modeling castings. And then I found one um, for MedArt. And I did not know what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not even know that like nudes had their own industry pretty much. Like I, yeah. I, I, was, I kind of was pretty much clueless. I was 19. And so I went to – I messaged the person that posted the casting. And he met up with me at the restaurant. And then <laughs> – it's kind of fucked up. But he was like, okay, I need to see you naked. Uh, and I was like, well, I can show you the pictures. And he was like, no, I need to see you naked. And I was like, well, we're at the restaurant. He's like, well, just let's go to the restroom. So we literally went into the restroom of the restaurant and I just stripped and he looked at me and he was like, okay, well, let's shoot on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is like that sounds creepy, but as a producer, I get it because a lot of times we get pictures of girls that are totally photoshopped. No, no, I get that and too. And they are like, oh, well, here are these photos and then they show up and then like they take their clothes off and they've got like, like I had one girl who had like a seriously bad skin condition that I had no idea about. Right. One girl was, we flew her in, she was covered head to toe in stretch marks. I mean, her knees had stretch marks. I have oh, wow. never seen in my life since then anybody covered in stretch marks like that like it was insane and a bunch of clients like turned the work stuff down because they were like we can't publish this yeah i totally understand it that's so, why that's why you know i didn't freak out or anything but yeah. it was definitely weird especially since i haven't really entered the industry yeah that, of course like at that course, point so yeah. i was just kind of like this man is just trying to get me naked at the restaurants yeah, <laughs> yeah 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 but that's I was where like, like being whatever. a woman comes in handy you yeah know? i'm like I, i'm, I'm not <laughs> for sure you, i swear to god exactly but, yeah. but also you know you're not as threat threatening as yeah. uh just like a random dude that I just right, did. <laughs> but anyway, I still did it, and he was like, "Okay, we're good." And so we shot for MedArt the first three sets, um, and I got paid like two hundred fifty dollars, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Woohoo!" Yeah, <laughs> even better. <laughs> so funny because now you're like, "Oh my god!" I know. <laughs> exactly. Now but you know like your worth. Things in the perspective. Yeah. And um, he totally underpaid me, by the way, because he was like, uh, "You." Like, you don't look that great. I don't know if they're going to buy the content. I don't know if, like, you're going to be popular enough. Like, I don't know if the people are going to like you. So, like, I'm risking. So, I'm I'm just going to pay you, like, less than I normally pay. Um, but, well, lo and behold, I got number one on MedArt when I was published. So. Of course. <laughs> of course. Um, so, that was fine. And then from that, pretty much, I have been consistently working as a model um, ever since. Yeah. So. Yeah. How was the first time that you modeled? Like, did you feel comfortable in front of the camera? No. No, you were terrified? (laughs) I would almost be interested to see those pictures because you're not only like really – you're an incredibly good model. Like your body awareness, you're incredibly graceful the way you move. Like you're just like so easy to shoot. Like you're Thank one of the you. easiest people to shoot. I don't have to say anything. You just like do See, your thing. See, that came with practice, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Because the first time I shot, um, specifically for Mattered, I was a little bit less freaked out shooting for the book because it was very, like it was not open legs. It was right. like very, you know, kind of almost implied. Yeah. So it was a little more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, with this guy though, uh, Mattered was open leg and like very pretty much out there. And so, and like also we're in a hotel room I'm alone with this man I've met once and yeah. like stripped for in the restaurants. Rest- yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I was just like really terrified. And I I just like had these thoughts going through my head of like, this is not even real. There's no matter. This is not a thing. He's just like trying to like murder me. <laughs> I mentioned sell my kidneys, you know, like yeah. it's, it's, it's impossible. There's like, 
So um, the pictures, actually, I'll show you later. They're they're funny because you can see that I'm smiling, but my eyes are like <laughs> terrified. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, I didn't get murdered, so I was like, okay, I guess this is how this works. <laughs> and um, from that on, I started like doing my research and looking at other models. And by the way, I had my mind blown because I always kind of assumed that everybody had like the same vaginas and boobs and nipples and they were just like different sizes yeah and then when i started like doing the research for my modeling i was like holy shit everybody's so different yeah and it's wonderful you know yeah, yeah. um and um i started actually trying to be good at it you know so i would like study other models and how they pose and i would look at my own pictures and trying to figure out which worked like which pose worked which was which pose didn't work and like what my angles were like how to position myself in respect to the lighting to the camera you know mm. like what different lenses do to my yeah. face so it's it's all something that i've learned once i started modeling mm -hmm. and um i think that's what makes it easier to work with me because i understand the other side mm. like i understand the other side of the camera yeah so uh it all definitely came with experience i did not start out like some kind of a innate talent type thing. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some, some people do, some people come in and they just, a lot of times they have like a dance background or something like yeah, that. Yeah. I do have dance background as well. Yeah. Okay. So that, so that totally <laughs> makes sense. Cause I remember actually the first time I shot like Sabina Rouge for Playboy, I think it was like her first shoot or something like that. And she just had like, there were still some things I had to coach her on, but she had like a natural kind of great, like she knew how to like, one thing that a lot of people don't know what to do, and I'm sure you get this now as a photographer, is they don't know what to do with their hands. Yeah. Like, that's a big problem for most people. They're like, what do I do with my hands? Where do I put them? Like, it's always awkward. And she had this kind of natural, like, understanding of, like, how to put her hands a certain way where it wasn't weird. And I was like, I could see that. And I was like, okay, you're like – you're going to get this. Like, this is going to be easy for you. You already have, like, that talent I have two points way. to say about that. First of all, my hands, you really coached me. Because now I literally, whenever I shoot, I, like, you know how that, like, classic penny shot where you, like, kind of, like, hold on to your yeah. pennies? I always twist my hand and I think to myself, Holly, <laughs> she, <laughs> so, so definitely, like, got that in me. Oh, my gosh. Um, I, yes. Okay. Can we talk about the claw hand for a second? Because this is something that makes me crazy. And I, and I talk about it with girls all the time and nobody else gives them this direction. So if you're watching the video, you can kind of, like, see this better. So what a lot of girls do is they do this thing. They do like the broken wrist thing, which yeah. is generally not a good thing. And so they'll hold their clothing like this and it just like just looks really awkward. It looks like a claw. So what I always do is I tell people it's, it's actually better to show like around the hip area because my hand's too high here, but always to flip your wrists up like you're revving a motorcycle because also too when you go like this or go like this the back of your hands really bulky and large and fleshy and your hands as big as your face right so it's something that it's competing with your face so you generally want to twist your hand a little bit so it appears thinner to the camera right so you just see the side of it and then you also see the separation of the fingers here which is just a nicer hand definitely a better look yeah yeah than this big fleshy fist and also too what happens when you flip your wrist up like this, instead of doing this, it actually forces you 
to bring your wrist down, which forces you to bring your elbow down, which forces you to bring your shoulder down, which, cause a lot of people do this, you know, especially when they're nervous and they're new, their shoulders are up here. Now you knowing like, and you've done these poses and you look great doing it. Once you understand like the shoulder and the hand situation, you can do poses where your shoulders are up like by your ears. If you're doing that kind of like strong, right. like, fashion as long as pose. it doesn't look tense. <laughs> yeah. Like, but it has to look intentional. Yeah. And that's another thing that I tell girls, like, your hands also need – they always need to know, like, where you're placing them is intentional. You don't ever want them hanging and looking like they're awkward and they don't know where they're going. Like, they – they wherever they're placed, you need – it needs – because you need to own the photo as a great model. It needs you to need be to, conscious, yeah. Yeah, you need to be like, I'm owning this space. I'm owning this pose. Everything is intentional. I mean everything I'm doing right now, and I'm not unsure about anything in this pose. And a lot of girls who are new, they're like, I don't know if my hand should be here. I don't know if my foot should be here. And it and it shows. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's something that you definitely learn as you go. But yes. also, um, you as a female photographer, at least in my experience, female photographers usually pay more attention to the details like that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you always would point out if like the hair was weird or yeah, if, like, that, when the hand looked weird or if that my, also like, makes me crazy. toe like was – you know, yeah. you were very like – specific and you were yeah. looking at every small detail as opposed to like male photographers are usually looking more at the bigger picture mm-hmm. and how the shot as a whole looks and then oftentimes I love the shot but like there's a hair sticking out and I'm like mm. and it ruins it for me <laughs> it ruins yeah. It, yeah and I'm because su- I can't look past it now same yeah I'm such a detail-oriented person that if I if I don't fix that thing like it's that's all I'll see in yeah. the picture I won't see anything else but that one thing that I could have fixed and I knew about, but like I didn't get it. Yeah. Or if I if I didn't notice it, I still like can't. And that's another thing that makes me crazy when people have girls like lay back on a couch or something and they don't fix their fucking hair. Like they don't like spread it out or like lay it nice and it's just like this. <laughs> you know, like a big like bulky like, yeah. oh my God, it makes me crazy. Like why did you not just her hair like, oh, sorry. It, there's a lot, you know, it's, to somebody who's never done photography or modeling, it seems like it's pretty easy, like as long as you just kind of know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But there's really a lot that goes into it. So and the much. more you work in this industry, the more you understand yeah. Yeah. how much it takes to be a good model or a good photographer. Yeah. And I'm always learning, you know, like I never, Same. I mean, I've been doing, I've been doing photography professionally for 21 years. So I've been doing it since as like a very obsessive hobby since I was 12. But, like, I will never master it. Like, there's – I mean, I'll be honest. I go on Instagram sometimes and I look at other people's stuff and I'm like, I suck. I'm never going to be good. I'm never going to take a picture like that. I should just I think that now. just comes with being creative. I feel yeah. like everybody feels that way about their work. Yeah. Uh, I know I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's – yeah, that's the thing with, like, being a perfectionist. It's yeah. like you're never really happy because you feel like you could always do better. But that's also why you keep but that's evolving and you're getting good. better. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that weird double-edged sword. Yeah. Okay. We're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about your like kind of new venture on the other side of the camera and um, your new magazine that you're putting out. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So stick around. We'll be right back. Support for Holly Randall Unfiltered comes from Manscaped who is the number one product in men's below-the-belt grooming. Is it too early to talk about Christmas? Um, hello, it's never too early to talk about Christmas. And it's definitely not too early to start thinking about the perfect Christmas gift, which is, of course, smooth hairless balls. Have you never given that gift before? Think about it. This is the perfect gift for you and your sex partner. 
Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for you or your man's family jewels, and they've redesigned your basic electric trimmer to the Lawnmower 2.0. Their Lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary advanced skin safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag those precious ornaments. Plus, you get the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver products to keep everything down there smelling fresh, preventing any sweat or stickiness. So just in time for the holidays, my listeners get a special 20% off your entire order, including a bonus travel bag, a pair of boxers, and free accelerated shipping with the code HOLLY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off a special bonus package with free shipping at manscaped.com, but only if you use the code HOLLY. Naughty or nice, this is the number one gift on Santa's list. Hello, listeners. Do you love this show? Are you thinking to yourself, man, it's so great that Holly gets all this free content for us to enjoy. I wonder if there's any way that I could support her and help her to create even better content. Well, you can. And I'm going to actually give you something in return for your support. By joining my Patreon at patreon.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered, not only will you be supporting this independent endeavor, which is my podcast, but you will also get all kinds of super cool perks that are available exclusively to members of my Patreon. That means that you will be able to watch my interviews live as they happen and therefore access them way before everybody else does. You will also be able to get signed prints from my guests. You'll be able to access exclusive bonus content such as My LA Porn Life, the podcast that I do with my production manager, Eva, as well as some exclusive interviews that I do on set with some of the biggest stars in the industry. There is so much at my Patreon for you to enjoy, and I would absolutely love it if you would just go give it a peek, see if it might be worth a couple bucks for you to support the show that you love so much. So go to patreon.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered. Okay, so we're back. So we just had a very in-depth discussion about photography <laughs> and like, you know, modeling and all the little details. So you're you're actually doing photography now. Yeah. How long have you been doing that for? Um, actually consciously and like focusing on it for 4 or 5 years, I'd say now. Um, I kind of started photography as I started modeling just as a way to learn mm -hmm. to be a better model. Mm -hmm. I got a, like a rebel camera canon mm -hmm. rebel like a cheap one yeah and i would go and take pictures just to learn how the light affects objects and you know how the angles look because that was something to do in my free time that helped me mm -hmm. become better mm -hmm. and then and whenever i would be on set you know i got to work with a lot of really great photographers throughout my career i was lucky and um i would always see how they set up the lights and like what they choose as the angle like you know how they you know, how they work. I just yeah. make a note of that. So I pretty much just learned from spying on people. <laughs> it's funny. I kind of, part of me almost <laughs> is sad that I miss out on that because I only work on my own sets. I never get to like go be on other photographer sets and see how they shoot. And I feel like I would do so much better if I was 
if I did that. And so a lot of times when I see behind the scenes photos of like a photographer's, you know, behind the scenes of a photographer's shoot that I admire, I'm always like, oh, what are those lights? And I'm looking at the angle and I'm like, what's that diffusion? Like, yeah. you know, light diffusion modifier he's got on there. Like I'm, I'm picking that shit apart. I I've like saved pictures in my, and I'm like, okay, he's got a I definitely there. stole little things here and there from every yeah. single photographer I worked with. And uh, it definitely helped me a lot because I never like formally learned to mm-hmm. do photography. I just kind of did it. Um, and also, you know, I'll see like this photographer, for example, I'll go through phases. Like I'll work with this photographer, let's say, and he is particularly great and at like shooting with um, obstruction from the camera. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, oh, I love this. And now for like three months, that's all I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just testing different things in front of the camera. Yeah, lens, yeah, yeah. Like bottles, glasses, yeah. like chandeliers, whatever I find yeah. to see what it does. And then I'll shoot with the next photographer. And they're like especially good at shooting with natural light. So mm-hmm. now I'm obsessed. And all I'm doing is finding the windows. Yeah. Where are the windows? Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I definitely stole little things from every single person I worked with and it helped me in the long run to learn more and become better. (laughs) What is uh, your favorite like type of like do you feel like you have a style now? Um, Yeah I do and it's actually something that other people pointed out to me and it's funny because I I like rainbows. (laughs) Like I for example I bought a sun catcher the other day Mm -hmm. and it you know, it casts rainbows yeah. as a sun catcher, but I put it in front of my lens and it makes like interesting distortions and mm. like creates different light um, mm-hmm. spots and stuff. Yeah. And so I, I like that. I like the like distorted, weird, mm-hmm. but also like still pretty. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I feel like I like, I mostly shoot women just because they're beautiful. Why not? Mm-hmm. You know? And I feel like um, I more, I more focus on just how, pretty the female body is as opposed to like you know when I shoot for um like outlets like med art or like even my own website it's there's obviously there's beauty in that but there's also more focus on how sexy it is right, as opposed right. to how pretty it is got you, you yeah know? oh I know <laughs> <laughs> so your new magazine that you yeah. just recently come out with it's called emblem right emblem yeah and tell me how that came about I've wanted to do a magazine for a while. Well, first of all, um, <laughs> I've had a few run-ins with um, established magazines where uh, they wanted to publish my work and then they found out who I was and they didn't want to publish my work anymore because there's a hierarchy, as we call it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, If you're uh, too explicit on that spectrum, then the nude magazines don't want you. <laughs> yeah, I know, exactly, I know exactly who you're talking uh, about. A few. <laughs> actually <laughs> and um so you know i obviously as a model would like to be published but also i would like to give other models the chance to be published mm-hmm. and also i would like to i i think i have an eye at this point and a style of photography i like and models i like and um i wanted to make a magazine just to put it out there you know like to put my vision my perspective out there Mm -hmm. and also give other people a shot like you know the photographers that maybe not would have been published because they're not conventionally um doing like cool work Mm -hmm. the models that maybe would not be published because they're camming or because they've like i don't know have an OnlyFans page you know like yeah yeah yeah. 
Um, There's and, no politics involved in what yes. you're doing. And also, I, I'm, I'm, you know, it's we're on issue four. The December issue is issue four, so it's still young and new. Uh, but we're uh, expanding and developing it. So I'm adding more and more things into it. And at this point, we have interviews um, every month. We have an interview with a model and a photographer, mm-hmm. specifically about the mm-hmm. work, you know, about modeling and about photography, and also about them, of course, as a person. Yeah. But uh, it's interesting to learn about people's process. And I think it would be also helpful and uh, insightful to people who are trying to enter, enter the industry on one or the other side of the camera. Right. Um, and I want to add more written material as we go on, you know, articles, essays, what have you. Um, but it's all work in process. You know, we never finish. <laughs> no. So how, many, how often does it come out? It's a monthly edition. It comes out monthly in dig- digitally and in print. Both. That is an insane amount of work. By yeah. the way, because I actually looked into doing that. That was like because I'm always like I, want, I have a thousand projects I always want to do. I'm like I want to do this. I want to do this, and that was something that I looked into. And then I was like, "There's a lot of work." <laughs> it is definitely a lot of work, and it. See, I do this to myself a lot. Myself and the people who work with me. God bless their hearts. Uh, <laughs> I come up with something I want to do, and I do it, and then I want to kill myself because <laughs> I just do it without thinking about how much time and yes. effort it's going to take. Yes. And then I'm already in it. So I can't stop because right. I'm not a quitter. You know, right, right, like, right, right. I'm doing it. So then I'm just like basically having a breakdown <laughs> in the shower, thinking about how much I have to do. But, um, in the end of the day, I end up and people that help me end up creating a lot of cool stuff. And yeah. then we're happy in the end of the day. So <laughs> And it's nice, too, because, you know, everything's digital these days. Yes. And mag- the magazine market is dying. You know, all the adult magazines are pretty much gone. Like, I was looking back at, like, my budgets. And I used to make, like, like $200,000 a year just on magazine sales. I think, like, last year I made, like... Seven thousand. <laughs> it's definitely not um, like the magazine ventures. Definitely, like I hope, I wish, mm-hmm. I you know hope for the future it would make me money. But like at this point, it's kind of a break even type situation. Yeah. But I do it because I want to do it, and because I like print. I, right. You know, like digital is great, but I like having something in my hands and like just keeping it. That's you know? what I was gonna say. <laughs> like the print is kind of dying but that's a shame because there's something wonderful about having that tangible art in your hands it's different than looking at it on a computer screen and it's very different and it's very precious and yeah it's, and models really want to be printed yeah they want to be in print there's something special about it you it's know? very special it feels because like anything can go on the internet you know yeah. I mean? it's easy to throw something up on the internet and put something on fucking like flicker you exactly. know, but to get something it makes it legit, kind of <laughs> print it and to put it on paper and to run, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there's so much work, more work that goes into it, and it's like this this packaged thing, and it's it's a lot more special. I agree, I think so too. Plus, um, uh, you know, it comes signed, um, and uh, p- people that support the magazine have a say in how, like, you know, they get to ask questions, they get to make choices sometimes on what goes in, what doesn't go in, like obviously within my curated (laughs) set. But um, uh, it's a collaborative process. And I'm actually talking right now to one of my readers who wants to publish a poem of his in my magazine. So that's also also an option. Yeah. So it it kind of, I kind of want to create a community, I guess, of people who want to save print. 
Yeah. And who are just into the art of nude photography. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm looking for people like that to get together. <laughs> and I think that it's something that people are, I think it's going to be valuable for you because I'll actually tell you like kind of a funny thing. So, you know, obviously my mom is a photographer and she's been shooting since the seventies mm -hmm. and she obviously was shooting before digital came along. So she has hundreds and thousands of chromes from when she shot everything on film and she saved everything. And then she, you know, we went to digital and then she started her website and then she made a lot of money there. And then it, you know, my parents are retired now. But what's crazy is that there's actually like a big community of collectors who are now buying film and they want to buy film because film is original, right? Like pictures on the internet are not. Obviously, digital yeah. can be reproduced a thousand times. But an actual slide isn't original. And so they're making like – they have a whole sec of business now selling film. I, I, so I love film too. I crazy. shoot I shoot in film pretty often and I like being shot on film because mm -hmm. there's also some kind of a special magic about that. Yeah. And uh, to that point, Polaroids – also are something that's very popular because it's a one of a kind. Exactly. Um, so I've found that um, like I usually whenever I shoot for my website or my magazine or my OnlyFans or whatever else I have going. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I make sure to grab a few film shots and a few Polaroid shots because I know that uh, people will want them. Mm -hmm. And more often than not, they get sold out pretty much instantly. So are you shooting on slides or are you shooting on negatives? Negatives. And you're selling the negatives? Yes. And people are buying the actual like negative. It's not as big as Polaroids for me currently, but you Interesting. Know. <laughs> yeah, there's a yeah, like I said, it's um it's it's kind of it's kind of nuts, but you know, it's come like full circle. I think you know, people miss miss that tangible product. You know, we've gotten into this whole world of online currency and nothing like exists in reality anymore everything's virtual well that's the thing i feel like it's it doesn't feel as special anymore because yeah. as you said anything can be posted online anything can be replicated online yeah. a picture can be saved and, and sent and you know a million times yeah um so having something physical that you can hold in your hands and that you know that only you have mm -hmm. is very different and mm -hmm. i feel like people are longing that because there's less and less of that in the world. Like yeah. pretty much everything is mass produced. Pretty much everything is just, you know, available yeah. to everybody. So um, it's kind of like a unfulfilled need. <laughs> yeah. I heard this really interesting thing on a podcast the other day. This is, it's not off topic, but it's like kind of a strange tangent where this one was talking about how in this digital world where everything is virtual, um, how we're actually people are having a harder time remembering things and they've found that um a big thing that links uh people to memory is touch and there's a lot of things in our life now that we can't touch you know like that makes photos sense. and film yeah. and relationships online and that kind of thing and so like people are kind of like losing like i don't know people's memories are aren't what they were and and there's something to be said about how like the brain has like creates a connection between memories and touch much better than like memories and like visuals. See, I definitely have something to back that because I, um, I cannot absolutely cannot follow my schedule and remember what I have to do. If I just have like a notifications or like, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. like Google calendar, yeah. like, it just does not work for me. I've tried yeah. so many times I've missed important events and mm -hmm. I've felt like shit. Uh, only thing that works for me 
is printing out a physical calendar, mm -hmm. physically writing things down into yeah. the calendar. And then I don't even look at it. That's the funny part. I don't even look at the freaking calendar. <laughs> but because I sat down and physically wrote it down, I remember it. Yeah. I don't know how that works, but… It's like when I used to like <laughs> want to cheat on a test and I'd write all the answers mm -hmm. down on a piece of paper, but 100%. then I remembered them and I didn't need them for the test. That's all I did in school. All I did. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So… Um, it helps you memorize things for some reason. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I really love that you're doing that. I think that that's an important… I think it's an important Also, there's a very good feeling when in the end of the day, I just go and like check mark the day. I'm yeah. Like, Done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I hear you. So um, another thing I wanted to ask you about is that one of the things that, that you do, which I find always very humorous, is you do this things people DM me uh -huh. because you get all kinds of ridiculous requests on oh, social media, which I do as well. But I think that you it's probably much worse for you. So what are some of like the most ridiculous messages that you've gotten? Oh, boy. I mean, honestly, every day I get a few that are just gems uh i'm considering actually making a series in my magazine of i was those. just gonna say you should do like a book yeah. or something like that people were people were saying that i should make it into a book but i think i'm just gonna have like an ongoing cat mm -hmm. like a category in my magazine yeah that i'm just gonna publish um it's hard to bring like one specific one up but it's a hashtag on my twitter so you can always look up look it up it's things people dm me and uh it's mostly either really like wrongly sexual and I mean wrongly by like misspelling or uh, just saying crazy things uh, or it's like things people say trying to hit on me mm -hmm. you know like pickup lines mm -hmm. that gone wrong yeah. <laughs> like those are usually wrong. those are usually those two categories and it's hilarious and um, <laughs> I feel bad sometimes for laughing at those things but it, you know you gotta find the positives <laughs> yeah yeah, sometimes I try to remember that a lot of times these people are usually incredibly socially awkward or inept um, and don't understand boundaries because, you know, I mean, I have some fans that are like straight up autistic and they tell me that. Yeah, and you know? it's always, you know, there's, it's always a possibility and it's yeah. always a chance, but that's why I always hide their personality. Of course. And I post it on Twitter instead of Instagram. So, yeah. you know, maybe they won't see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think upset. as long as you hide their identity, I think yes. it's fair game. Yeah. Because, you know, they did send it to you. Yeah. So, and yeah, I've, I've definitely gotten some very, very bizarre. I've ones. had people get upset though. Like when they sent me something stupid and I posted it and then I've obviously hidden their identity, but yeah. they still got upset um, that I did that. But it's also... I don't know. I feel like if it's not aimed, like it's not aimed at them, you know, like yeah. I'm not laughing at them as much as I'm just laughing at this unfortunate message. Yeah. Yeah. And this is kind of like world where anybody can now connect with anybody. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, people who, you know, 25 years ago would never have been able to contact you unless like they wrote to your fan mail yeah. box can now in the split second write to you. And be like, you know, and say whatever they want with no consequences, with no, you know, no, they, they don't normally show their identity. Yeah. So they can just like, they have no, they take zero responsibility for the things that they say. And some people have a very hard time understanding. I know it's not everybody. I know most of my fans or most of my followers are sweethearts and I love them. But um, some people have a really hard time understanding um, that I don't, I like I physically cannot respond 
to everybody that writes to me mm-hmm. as much as I wish I could and as much as I would like to keep in touch with my followers. Yeah. I, it, it's, just, it's just so many of them. Especially when all they write is hello. Yeah. Like, you know, there's like a question or something very specific that like requires an answer. Oftentimes I'll answer, but if it's just like, hello, how are you? I honestly do not have time. And um, people get upset. Yeah. And obviously it's like a vocal minority because I understand that most people are probably reasonable and they know that you can't really expect an answer from somebody you don't really know. Mm -hmm. Um, But the vocal minority is... uh, sometimes overwhelming and upsetting yeah yeah i've had that as well or sometimes people will send me really long emails like two three pages long and i'm like dude i cannot read this like you got to be kidding me um and if i do read it and i because some of them are really lovely you know right and and i do respond and i'm like hey thank you so much i really appreciate that but that's like you know, I'm not going to address like every point that you said. And like I read the whole thing and like I it's awesome, but I can't – like a lot of the times they want to engage in like a conversation yeah. or like a pen pal situation. And you're like, I do not – like I don't have time to like – Talk to my friends. Yeah. I don't have time <laughs> to call my mom. Yeah. And believe me, I hear about that. Like it's just like – it's just the world that we live in, you know, and being – entrepreneurs and being you know people who run their own businesses like yeah. we are just constantly pretty working. much like i talk to my dad twice a month because it's just i just don't have time and yeah. because we're in a different time zone yeah so like expecting that i'm gonna answer to a stranger that said hi how are you yes is a little yeah out there <laughs> yeah. so i mean we appreciate you guys but absolutely we cannot always and there's i always say to people that are trying to talk to me on instagram or twitter i always say that you know i stream online live mm-hmm. uh at least multiple times a week and it's free to register like mm-hmm. you don't you don't have to tip me like obviously i appreciate the tips but you don't have to tip me to talk to me mm-hmm. and that's like such a better chance to talk to someone than yeah. just texting you know so like yeah just tune in, catch me online, and let's have a conversation. Because <laughs> that's the time that you put aside exactly. to talk to people. That's, exactly. Like, that's the time that's, where I'm connecting. That's yeah. specifically that time. And again, the tips are not required. So, uh, But they are appreciated. They are appreciated. But, you know. <laughs> we got, Mom's got to pay her bills somehow. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But also, like, you know, people always say that, like, oh, well, I don't want to go to my free cams because I can't pay you, but I want you to talk to me for free on Instagram. You know? So, yeah. I'll talk to you for free on my free cams as long as you catch me when I'm online in the setup time where I'm talking to people. <laughs> and you're not asking stupid questions. Yes, that's Or, too. you know, you're like engaging in something interesting. You know, you're not just being like, take off your top or like. Yeah, there's always uh, respect required. There yes. are rules. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So um, what are your, any other future plans? Are you just going to keep on like working on Emblem? And people can um, contribute and get access to the magazine through your Patreon, right? Yes. It's currently distributed through my Patreon. Uh, There's a digital tier where you just get the digital copy every month. Mm -hmm. And you also get the previous copies as well um, digitally. Uh, Or you can get print, both America and internationally, um, which comes with the digital copy included. Mm -hmm. So you get both. Uh, and it's a monthly issue. Um, December's coming out on December 1st. Uh, well, I for the future, you know, I have the Avian Awards coming up in January. So I'm focusing on that. I'm waiting to hear for a bun- from a bunch of projects that I've um, auditioned for. So that might be happening in December. I still have to film for AVN. You mm-hmm. know, they show little sketches and yeah. clips. Yep. At the award show. So that's also happening in December. I'm obviously working more on my website. I have a lot of new 
models and a lot of new content coming. I've been kind of going a little insane. I have to scale down a little bit because <laughs> this month I got five new models from three different countries uh, by three different photographers, four including me, I guess. And uh, it's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot to coordinate and make happen. How can people submit themselves to possibly be a photographer for your magazine? Uh, they can just email. Uh, it's let me think. I have so many emails. I think the best <laughs> one is the Emily Bloom at gmail dot com. Mm-hmm. They can just email you know a bunch of samples of their work or like specifically. We usually take in series, so it's like ten fifteen pictures of the same series, mm-hmm. the same style or the same model, mm-hmm. and. Um, um, yeah, so like they can just send a sample and a little bit about themselves, and I I'm happy to feature more photographers and more models because cool. that's what it's for. Yeah. So that and then that's where models would submit themselves yes. as well if maybe they yes. wanted to shoot with you or submit their own photos or something like. That. And I'm always on, on the lookout for new models as well. So it's you know I'm always happy when people reach out. Cool. And uh, as to my website, by the way, it's theemilybloom.com. And for all the listeners today, it's 25% off with the code HOLLY. Ooh, you that? <laughs> code HOLLY. <laughs> and you have a lot of stuff on there. Like yeah. Like years of content, right? It's, yeah, it's over three years of content at this point. So it's like hours of videos, thousands of pictures. And I have pictures VR. of you and then pictures you've taken as well, right? Pictures of me, pictures I've taken, pictures of other models. There's, I think, around 50 models currently featured on my website. And we have a whole section of VR videos, currently the stereo VR, like the 3D 3D VR, Mm -hmm. which people love. And honestly, have you ever like actually watched like 3D VR? Yes. Where you put on like the thing. Yeah. Yeah, It feels like you're in there. It's insane. I went and did this. Do you remember that movie that came out like a few years ago? Um, It was about the guy who walked the like the tightrope between the two towers yeah, like yeah, in New yeah. York. Uh-huh. I, I don't remember it, the name, but, but you know I do know about? the movie. So anyways, it was a simulation of that. And I just went to this VR studio and they just put a cord, like a fucking extension cord on the floor, taped it down so you could feel like that you were on a cord. Yeah. And, you know, I'm in a studio. I look and around. And your stomach is twisting. <laughs> I recognize that it's a regular floor and all of those things. And they're like, okay, like, you know, and just let us know if you want us to like stop the stimulation and, just expect, you know, that you're, you might freak out. And I'm like, don't be stupid. Like I know where I am. Like I recognize I'm in a studio. This is an extension cord taped to the floor. Like what kind of dumbass do you think I am? I'm going to fall for this shit. They put that thing on and I almost lost my mind. Yeah. It taps into this lizard brain part of you that like, even though intellectually, you know that you're in a studio and you're walking on an extension cord that's taped to the floor. But dude, your body is convinced. Your body is reacting. And you know what's not. even crazier? Uh, you got to test it out sometime. I can make it happen. Um, when you watch yourself in 3D VR. So when you normally see yourself mm-hmm. in real life, it's 2D. You see yourself right. in the picture, in the mirror. Right. You know, you never see yourself right. 3D. You never see yourself real. Right. And then, you know, you shoot a VR video, let's say, and then you watch it back to see if it like came out good. And then you freak out because that's the first time you meet yourself in person. Oh, my and God. I don't know if I can handle intense, that. Especially considering the kind of video I'm shooting, you know, yeah. like I'm, I'm, I'm watching and it's me like motorboating me. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it is crazy. It's there's some like. It's at a whole different level of VR. <laughs> no, I kind of want to do that, but I'm also terrified. What Coming if I don't, over, like, what if I don't like myself, Emily? Well, you should like yourself. What if I realize I hate myself? 
No, I'm it's scared. it's it's you don't even have time to decide whether you like yourself or not. It just freaks you out. <laughs> wow, that is so bizarre. Yeah. So then people could obviously if they are not you, they put this headset on and they would feel like they're in the same room with you. Yeah, like, and now because I've done a bunch of VR videos and like seen a bunch of VR videos of myself, mm-hmm. um I kind of like get the little tricks. So I get a lot of feedback of people being like, "Oh wow, that really felt like you touched me" because I know mm-hmm. like exactly where to put my hand to where it feels like it goes over your head. Oh my god! What a or trip. like, how do you know? So it's like, yeah. There's a little, like a little, a little, a, a lot of little tricks you can do when it comes to the VR, uh, where it makes it even more immersive to the yeah. person that watches it. Wow! I remember I dressed a chair with like jeans and shoes once to, <laughs> to give it a lap dance. <laughs> That's awesome. That was fun too. Oh my god! I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I hope that you enjoyed your first podcast interview. It I know I so did. so much fun. I'm so sad it's ending. <laughs> I'm sad. Well, you have to come back after AVN. Actually, I, you probably won't have time, but I am doing my podcast from the Adult Time booth at AVN. So I will actually be there like interviewing people. I have no clue what's going to be happening to me at the Yeah, AVN, I have but... a feeling that you're going to be a little busy. So <laughs> probably. it's okay. But if for some insane <laughs> reason... You have time to swing by. We would, of course, love to see you. I'll definitely do my best. (laughs) Fantastic. So um, I know you already said it, but could you put just in one one plug, could you tell everybody where they can go find you on uh, social media, um, the websites you want to plug, just everything all in one easy-to-digest chunk? Let me try. Okay, so my Twitter is TheEmilyBloom. My website is TheEmilyBloom.com. My magazine is on Patreon.com, TheEmilyBloom. My Instagram is Emily Bloom official, though, because the Emily Bloom was taken. So, you know, there's that. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I also have OnlyFans, which is linked from my Instagram, uh, which is mostly just previews. So from it's your like, Twitter, right? Uh, and Twitter and Instagram. Oh, both, okay. yeah. oh, you have it on both. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's mostly just previews. It's just a cheaper version of everything else, pretty mm-hmm. much. So, like, if you were to get something, I would get either the website or the magazine or both. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> Yes, I know. Um, and obviously, you guys can see her at AVN hosting the award show. Yes, please and, do come out. <laughs> yeah, and if you can't make it to the actual show, it will be streaming. Well, not streaming live, but it'll be on it will Showtime be streaming live. later. It will be streaming live oh, on streaming AVN Stars. On AVN Stars. Yes. Got it. Okay, so you can watch it on avnstars.com, I assume. Stars.com. AVN.com. Just Google AVN Stars. Yes, Google AVN Stars. You can watch it there. (laughs) They stream every event on there. And I'm also on there, so follow me. (laughs) And then uh, then it'll be on Showtime later. Like in May. Yeah, fantastic. That's so cool. So exciting Exciting stuff. And you guys can follow me at Holly Randall on Instagram and on Twitter. If you want to support my podcast, go to patreon.com slash Holly Randall Unfiltered. And don't forget that you get 25% off if you go to theemilybloom.com and use code Holly. Yes. Ah, Fantastic. All right, guys. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to my show. If you're a longtime listener or a new one, I've got a lot of interviews, so make sure you check out everything from the beginning of my catalog because there's some real gems back in the early days of this show. And if you enjoy this show, there's a couple of things that you can do to support it. First of all, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, rate me five stars and leave a review. It's incredibly helpful to get my show up in the charts. Secondly, you can join my Patreon for as little as $5 a month 
and watch the interviews stream live, which, by the way, gives you access to my episodes way before anyone else. You can also get signed prints, books, merchandise, such as shirts and mugs, access to my private Snapchat, and a free membership to my website, hollyrandall.com. Plus, I offer tons of bonus content, Q&A with your favorite guests that you cannot hear on the free platforms, and of course, my exclusive bonus podcast, My LA Porn Life, that I do with my production manager, Eva. It gives you a real and hilarious insight into what it takes to run a small porn company like mine, because trust me, my job, though stressful, awkward, and facepalm ridiculous as it is sometimes, well, it's never boring. And we definitely give you the juicy behind-the-scenes dish that you can't get anywhere else. Plus, Eva's dating life is absolutely hilarious, and she holds nothing back. So go to patreon.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered and join the community. Your support helps me in my journey to change people's minds about the adult industry and hopefully the lives of the people in it. Mm